What's good, boys and girls? The Fins Up podcast on this Tuesday night. It's a glorious night. A little bit of a storm coming at the moment. We had some rain here. My greyhound's inside because he uh, doesn't want to be a part of that storm. So if you can hear him kick off uh, in a little bit, I apologise. It's been a good week. I hope everyone's having a good week. I'm having a great week. Still coming off that 36 points to 6 win over the Gold Coast Titans. I'm your host for the evening, Terry Mortimer, and I'm joined by my handsome colleague as always, Mr. Dan Nichols. Dan, how you doing, buddy? Mate, I'm glorious, thank you. I'm here by proclaiming that tonight will be a positive podcast. Now, I know I've said that in the past, Terry, and I've gone off on a rant. I'm going to do my absolute best tonight. Let's keep it positive. What is positive is that you're having a good week. Makes me feel I good. am having I'm having a great week. You and I have just come off a uh, podcast with Sam Revel from Wobble and Jaw Sports. Make sure you jump on and check that out. Sam's great. Cowboy Kate was on there as well. Uh, she always brings good entertainment. We previewed uh, both games, the uh, men's and NRLW women's uh, game. But uh, we're here <laughs> to talk about Teamless Tuesday today and do a preview of the North Queensland Cowboys game. You've got some fan questions, and Dan, I've got a trivia game for you, Sharks vs. Cowboys, over the years. So, let's get into it. Team list was uh, dropped today. Any surprises for you? No, I wanted one, but there were none. It was exactly as we thought it would be. Yeah, the surprise surprise that we wanted was uh, Jesse Colquhoun named in the 17 jersey, Matt Moylan out, uh, and potentially 18th man, but... um, Look, it wasn't to be. So one to seventeen, um, Tom Hazelton comes back in. Jesse Colquhoun uh, misses it out. Has travelled with the team though. Um, I think the Jets play Sunday, Sunday afternoon. Huh? Yeah, Sunday. Yeah, Tuesday. Sunday. So the the boys who aren't involved, uh, the five of them will will go back. Good to see Big Tooks has has uh, gone up as well. People are making big fuss about K Dykes now. For anyone who um, hasn't been aware, but when the the Boxes, uh, oh, sorry, when the uh, the cameras have shone to fits during a game, whether we're winning or losing, you can see Kate Dykes in there. So obviously the club are really, really loving him at the moment and getting him involved um, in everything behind the scenes. Um, I think that I think this team now is, you know, uh, uh, I know we've got injuries to Will Kennedy and it sucks that he's probably not going to be back this year. Dale Finucan, I'm I'm either way on that as well. But um, yeah, look, I'm glad to see Big Ball Tom back in the lineup. Uh, as I said, would like to see Jesse. I don't, I don't get the Matt Moylan selection, but I understand the thinking that if you've got uh, Williams, Hazelton, and Hunt on the bench, you don't need another middle forward. But then again, Jesse can can cover that edge back row as well. And you know, if there's a, if there's an injury to one of the edges, touch wood, you don't really want Cam McInnes or or Jack Williams out there. So I think there was a spot on the bench for token minutes for Jesse. Then of course there was. I I don't get it. A lot of, spoiler alert, a lot of the questions are about this as we get into those a bit later. Um, it tend to be pretty much unanimous that Colquhoun should be there, and it definitely is unanimous that Moylan shouldn't. We saw last weekend we didn't need him until the last few minutes where he was thrown on for token minutes to get his 100th at the club. Um, I was hoping against hope that it was just a look for what he's done, especially in 2018, that we reward him with 100th game at home, and then we put him back on the... Do not resuscitate list. I know that's a bit harsh. I mean like the 18th, 19th man. Got a smile out of Terry. That's all I'm here for tonight. Um, but unfortunately, it wasn't to be. I don't I don't get it. I would rather have Jess Calhoun sit there and not get any minutes of Matt Moylan because there are chances where we saw in Perth where 
shit can happen and you want to put a young kid on that can just tackle for 10 to 15 minutes, take those hard hit-ups. I, I would argue that, you know, he's there to cover across the back, the thinking that Nico will go into fullback and Connor will go whatever, but Nico has proven that he can play in the centres. Uh, Colquhoun can play out wide. So, mate, I'm trying to just fight my head. I can't. I feel it is a... We're going to play with 16, and if Moylan gets on, he gets on. But I would certainly think things will be going negative if he gets more than, say, five minutes at the end just to collect a match payment. Yeah, it kind of says everything you need to know about Matt Moylan at the moment when he's literally selected to be the human victory cigar. Because if it's, you know, 16 or with five minutes to go, I ain't looking to Matt Moylan to come on to win the game. He's more likely going to be a liability than he's going to be a... uh, positive impact for us. Now, let's just go through the Cowboys team, Dan. Uh, Scott Drinkwater is the fullback. Valame and Felt on the wings. Murray Talungi and Peter Hiku in the centres. Now, I just want to stop there. They're 1-5. to five. I think we have a significant advantage in that 1-5 to five or bar fullback. But I would take both our wingers over theirs. And I like Murray Talungi on the wing, but I, I don't think there's enough of him at centre at the moment. I take both our centres. What are your thoughts on that? I agree, 100%, but the last two times we played the Cowboys, Peter Hickey's gone ballistic against us and run for over 300 metres in the final last year. And I think before that, he, he got upwards of 250. So, yeah, absolutely. Hiku is probably the the eighth best player in that lot, but seems to make a career on, on taking us to town, especially in the run metres. He was exceptionally good last year, so... I don't want to underrate him, but you'd, you'd have last, to go the last time we The last time we played him, though, we did a really good job on him. He didn't, he didn't crack 100 metres in that 44-6, but they didn't have much ball. So if we can keep the ball away from him, we're, we're doing well. He didn't have a line break or an offload, uh, and he was credited with one tackle break. Cesar Tartai gave him an absolute bath that night. Um, let's continue on as we are to the Cowboys. The halves, Tom Dearden and Chad Townsend. Who has the advantage there? Ooh. Tom Dearden out of those two. Now I know I get where you're getting at. Oh, look, Cronulla, because yeah. we have Nico Hines. Yeah, look, I think if you if you'd said to me if it was Nico and Moylan, I'm you may edge you may have edged with the form that Moylan was in this year. You may have given that to the Cowboys, um, just because I think I think during their run, Townsend has been really good, and during our runs, I still think Moylan's been absolute dog shit. So, um, yeah, look, I I, I I tip the advantage to us now. For the fact that we have Braden Trindle and Trindle has just taken more and more responsibility on in terms of kicking, in terms of organising, in terms of running, he's playing both sides of the field. So they give us a slight, slight edge there. Um, front row: Jason Tomalolo, Reese Robson, Jordan McLean. Um, I don't rate Jordan McLean at all. I, I think that Jason Tomalolo is starting to um, get caught up with Father Time. I don't think Reese Robson has got a significant advantage over Blake Braley. So I'd, I'd say that's a pretty even split there in terms of the front row. Mate, I will take a push. I am going to say the Cowboys got us just because Tom is 250th. He's going to go mm-hmm. back in time and have a vintage game. Look, Jordan McLean, whatever. A couple of years ago, I would have said, oh, are you kidding me? He's great, but father time. Yeah, look, and he's off contract at the moment and the fact that the Cowboys don't want to extend him and even teams like the Dragons and the Tigers have snubbed the opportunity and the Dogs who will sign anybody with a pulse. Mm-hmm. I mean, I received my offer in the mail from the Dogs today. I don't know if you got yours, but I had to turn it down because 
there was something about owning a pub and I'm off the booze at the moment. Uh, back row, Jeremiah and I and uh, Luai with Ruben Cotter. I think that's dangerous. That's really dangerous. I think Cotter and McInnes are very much similar players, but Ruben Cotter is just a lot younger. Jeremiah Nanai is uh, exactly the same as Britt Nicara. Can get get himself really involved or can have some super, super quiet games. And uh, Leilua, you know, if he, if he wants to play footy, he's, he's a different kind of second rower. But, uh, yeah, look, the, the advantage that we have is both their back rowers can be lazy and let's hope they have a lazy game. Yeah, look, if, if both sides in that three play to their absolute ceiling, I think they get us... Not handsomely, but they definitely get us. But in saying that, the last three weeks, I mean, Cam McInnes is, you know, right up there in terms of attack and defence. And, I mean, Nicker, I still rate above most back rowers this season. So, yeah. And look, Wade's been very good the last two weeks. So, again, I would take a push. But, I mean, that if they turn up, that's a tough team to beat. Where I think we have a distinct advantage over them, they're Ben Jake Granville, Cohen Hess, Hedlam Lukey, and Griffin Neem. Uh, we've got a big, yeah, we've got a, a much bigger and better bench and, and provide more impact as well. I really like Hedlam Lukey though. Um, he's come back from injury as well. So Hedlam Lukey and Jeremiah and I are both named to uh, make their return. Now, uh, Jaden Tanil Brown um, is an interesting omission for mine in this. He's the 18th man. Um, he's better than Jordan McLean. What are the Cowboys doing? Mate, Jake Granville up there has got this. He was fantastic, don't get me wrong. But you can't tell me Tanua Brown isn't more impactful now than Jake Granville, who we absolutely fucking monstered last time. So hopefully they remember how that goes for him. Yeah, look, I, I would take our bench. I, I think Big Bold Tom coming back is huge as much as I love Jess Colvin. But in that particular role, obviously you go with Big Bold Tom. Jack Williams is better than anyone on their bench. Easily. Mm-hmm. And Royce Hunt, you know, is coming off, I still believe, his best game ever, but certainly his second best at worst. So, and then, and then you know, we got our Jake Granville in Matt Moylan, who is probably a little bit more handsome, but probably a little bit less impactful, which is saying something. So, mm-hmm. I think we got him. Yeah, I look, I, I think I think we across the, the park we have a, a slight advantage over them. Um, form-wise, we're in much better form. They're coming off two losses and a bye um, where we seem to have found a little bit of defensive starch and you know decided to, to score some points um, uh, last weekend. Uh, let's go to the ladder on this one. Going into this round, the Cronulla Sharks are eighth. Uh, sorry, fifth on 30 points with 110 differential in four and against. The Cowboys are... Ninth on 28 points with a positive uh, 32. So we've got them in the for and against race here, Dan, by 78 points. Now, for them to leapfrog us, they've got to beat us by 40, which we have shown this year on the road is not out of the equation. I don't think that's going to happen. So here's the thing. If we're going to lose, we have to keep it close. We can't, you know, we, we worked really hard to you know, not get blown out by the Panthers. We were really hard to beat South and should have had a much better for and against coming out of that game as well. And then, you know, to beat the Titans by 30 points. So we've got ourselves that 110 points, Not that, that acts as like an extra point for us going into these teams chasing us. You know, if you're going to throw in teams like the Eels and Roosters as well, like the Roosters are minus 84. So they've got to be nearly perfect. Um, in fact, if we win this game, they, I, I, I'm going to go and say that they can't jump us. Yeah, um, and Parramatta, you know, 
at one point there, Parramatta had a huge four and against us now down to plus 21. So going into this game, we have scored uh, significantly more points and surprisingly we're a better defensive team than the North Queensland Cowboys as well. Um, we make more line breaks. We make more line break assists. Uh, in terms of penalties, we are one of the most penalised teams in the competition, whereas North Queensland Cowboys aren't. Yeah, to the shock of no one. Mate, remember the Cowboys got blown out, what, 60-something nil or whatever it was mm-hmm. against the Tigers. So they got a shocker in them too. But I'm actually I'm actually shocked and disappointed in our, in our points total because we could be plus 250 or we could be negative 50, depending on which week you look. So... Plus 120 right now is is liquid gold. Yeah. Um, North Queensland's last 10 games, they are 6 and 4. And Cronulla in their last 10 games are 5 and 5. Yeah, look, it's just, it's one of those where you, it it looks like it could be a flip of the coin on this one. But surprisingly, um, a lot of people are favouring Cronulla. I know uh, betting odds aren't, but tipsters are saying that, you know, Cronulla have got this. Oh, the Cowboys were in a purple patch after getting flogged by the Tigers, but I think that has sort of come back down to earth a little bit now. It's come down, you know, come crashing down as well. Um, their biggest danger is Scott Drinkwater, and I think if you nullify Scott Drinkwater, you nullify the Cowboys in a big way. So we need to make sure that we put a big collective effort. You know, when he goes, when he goes wide, if he... You know, you don't, you don't want to hit him with a late <laughs> shot. You don't want to hit him with a dog shot. But he, he needs to know that he's been hit. Um, anytime we get a hold of him, you know, there's got to be some roughing on him. Every time we're going to kick to him on his on his kick returns, we need to make sure that the chase is good and that, you know, he feels the shots. Um, good chase through. Can't get lazy. Can't get sloppy on those kick chases. Um, you know, Tom Deaton's running game, he always seems, against us, he always seems to run across field and find a slight gap and, and get through it. And Reese Robson as well has the. I, I I'm not saying he's the best number nine in the competition, but he has the best ability to put his forwards on the front foot by engaging Marcus from dummy half. Um, doesn't you know like like Blake Braley doesn't take too many runs per game, but his runs really count. And uh, you know he he not afraid to put a kick in either, whereas our guy seems to be. So, um, where are we going to win this game, Dan? How, how are we going to win this game? I think we need to leave uh, lead early because they're going to come in with a lot of emotion. It's time to leave early. I don't want to leave early. Lead early. Now, yeah. they're going to come in. Shut up, Terry. They're going to come in with momentum. It's one of their best ever players, 250s. You know, that, that, that counts for something. You've got Drinkwater, you know, who just was flying prior to the Bulldogs game. And, and he was okay in that game too, but they were largely out of class. But there, you know, it's going to be a sellout or close to on a Thursday night. It's a must-win game for the Cowboys. If they lose, eighth is their best hope. I think we attack them wide. I think Talakai's got... Their missing Val Holmes is tremendous for us because, you know, we, we joke about him this and that, but on his day, he's their best player, you know. Maybe drink water aside, maybe even drink water included. So I think we got to win out wide. We saw this week that our wingers comprehensively outplayed the Titans' wingers. And that is huge. It's like Penrith. When their wingers are dominating, which is almost always, they're very hard to stop. So we just get that roll on early. Both teams play to their best, mate. Nico Hines is better than anyone in that squad. So let's get a roll on early. Everyone do their job. And Nico Hines is due a big game because it's been two or three quiet ones in a row. Not to say he's been bad, but he hasn't had that breakout game that we saw pretty regularly last year and early when he came back. So... 
I think we just just get on the front foot early, like you said. We can't if we if we're twelve nil down after twenty minutes, it's it's game over as far as I'm concerned. If we're twelve nil up, I think it's game over. So if we can sit at six all when the bench come on, as you famously said, our bench is much better than theirs. I think we dominate. I just think we kick on like we did against the Titans. As long as we, because we're going to have a five to ten minute spell where we lose the ball, we give away penalties and we lose momentum. As long as we limit the damage or keep it to zero, or Please, Jesus, Alabuda, anyone who's listening, we get momentum back, then no one can stop us. Yeah, now the the, the real threat, Scott Drinkwater, has um, nine tries, 24 tries this leading competition in try assists as well. And don't forget, he's been suspended, only played 18 games this year. Um, averages 18 runs for 161 run metres. So you nullify him, um, and, you know, we. We're, we're, we're a big shot in this game here. If you can take away the work that, that he does, then you take away the work that their wingers can do. You're taking away the work that did, and then their forwards can do as well. So that's the big one uh, for, us, for for us. Toby Rudolph um, and Brad Hunley-Newelli, they really need to stand up in these opening exchanges. You know Cameron McInnes is going to. Yeah. like You just know that. You're going to get that from Cameron McInnes. You know he's going to do it. You know Wade Graham's going to go out there now uh, in this rejuvenated role that he's playing in, and he's going to you know, lead from the front. Um, we, we win the opening exchanges. We win the opening 20 minutes and it'll go a long way to us winning the game, especially when we keep Jack Williams and, and Tommy Hazleton out there as well. And if you get that same punch and impact from Royce Hunt, I'd love to see the same game last week as we saw from Blake Braley. Quick play of the balls, good scoots, making sure that you get those people now. Braley was only credited for six runs last week, but I've watched the replay and he had about 13 runs in that game. Yep. But it was from quick play of the balls, getting a good offload, getting a forward on, on the front foot. And I honestly feel that was one of Blake's games of the season. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, for mine, if we can just sort of have a have a repeat of last week with the defensive effort that we showed for 65 minutes against the Cowboys and the whole 80 minutes against Penrith, like, you know, even though we got beat 28-0, it sounds really dumb, but that was a really, really good defensive effort from us. Um, you know, you give Penner 52 tackles against the Bulldogs and they probably score 100 points Yeah, inside the 20-metre zone. So, um, for mine, yeah, it's just about, <laughs> I say it every week, we win the opening exchanges and our forwards can, can actually play like forwards, not like pussies. Um, we'll go a long way to win this game. Yeah, absolutely agree. I think we can take the crowd out of it mm-hmm. early on, take the emotion we, out of it, and there's no reason we can't win this game. Yeah, we, we don't fear going up there either. We haven't. Yeah, we, we don't lose in Townsville all that often. In fact, we've won nine of the last ten games against the Cowboys. The only time they've beaten us has been in a finals game. Mm. And if you go into the last 16 um, uh, meetings with each other, they've beaten us three three times, and two of those have been in finals games. Yeah. So fuck playing the Cowboys in finals. Yeah, if we can avoid them. And, and, mate, we just got to get seven tackles. Like, just give mm-hmm. a little hand and we'll be sweet. Yeah. But, no, no, very true. <laughs> Dan, you reached out to the good the good folk of Twitter to get some questions today. Let's go before we get into some trivia. It's going to be a quick podcast tonight, everybody. Uh, let's go. Okay, so this one's from Random Sharky. Is Hero gone next season, in your guys' opinion? Um, apologies for repeating questions. Never be sorry. I think he might be on the way, unfortunately. I, I'm hearing some encouraging um, discussions are happening with Hero and his manager at the moment. He was pushing for a release before the August 7th deadline uh, to either join another NRL club or head overseas. We're still not keen on giving him a release. Um, this is the first year of a two-year deal, and he's still only young. Um, 
I understand that he wants a shot and we want to give him a shot. The club doesn't feel like it's been in the position to give him a shot this year. They want him to work on a few things in New South Wales Cup this year and it's been a very, very disrupted Newtown team. So I think it's going to take a big off-season for him to get in. We don't have a lot of back row depth in the club and especially next year, the only noted back rowers we have next year are T. Wilton and Britton Quarter. That's it, yeah. Inside our top 30. So... Uh, Sipa Talakai, there is the, you know, there's every chance that, you know, he could be shifted to the bench if Eero has a, a big preseason. Um, I wouldn't write him off just yet. Look, there's more, there's more likely that he is going to leave the club, but I am hearing there's some pretty positive discussions with him and his manager going on at the moment in terms of at least keeping him for one more year and then letting him see where his uh, future goes. Good. I think he could walk into the Parramatta side this weekend, which worries me. because He just... could walk into Parramatta. He could walk into West. He could walk into the Dragons. He could walk through the Dragons, West, the Dogs, the Dolphins at the moment. I mean, the Dolphins are playing a dude out there fatter than me and you combined, like, mm-hmm. as if he isn't going to get a spot. So um, I think he's just got to be patient because he's good, but he's not good enough yet. Yeah, yeah, completely fair. Uh, this one from DT Monaco Mon. <laughs> that's, that's good. Tiana Penitani stands, so I can get behind this. Uh, with White and playing left centre at South next year, he might be in the halves. Uh, how good would Isaiah Tass look in Cronulla Sharks jersey? Um, yeah, look, he would fit in really well in the fact that he can't tackle. Um, he's really good with the ball. Look, I mean, he, he can't he can tackle, and he has had some games this year. I He's left centre, so that's an advantage for him. Um, but... Isaiah Tass would just be blocking Kaylero, would just be blocking Sam Stone Street. So I don't want to see it happen. Yeah, look, I'm the same. I think we've uh, we've got those positions covered. I think it's the second row we need to focus on. Uh, this one from second Na- row prop. Yep, well, second row prop. Every year it's the same. Uh, this one from Nathan Hunt, good mate of the podcast. Will Moylan be moved on by the start of the 2024 20, season? Um, again, there's some discussions going around the club at the moment with what to do with Matt Moylan. He has a favourable offer from two Super League clubs. Obviously, one is Catalans and the other one um, that has been brought up is Leeds Rhinos. They don't have any recognised halves next year. Uh, for Moylan, he's not too keen on the Super League um, stance, but he knows at the moment that you know Trindle's leapfrogged him and he's got Kay Dykes coming back. I wouldn't be surprised Um if he was to leave, but I wouldn't be shocked if round one, 2024, Matt Moylan was still at the club, hopefully not in the first grade team. Right? Yeah, look, I I think it's in everyone's best interest that he does move on, but in saying that, he's supremely popular around the the, the club. I mean, you look at all the boys' for Instagram. All the right reasons, though, sometimes. Yeah, true. He's been a bit of a – he's fun. Let's leave it at that. You see all the boys' Instagram stories, they're all with Moyza front and centre. The guy, supremely likeable, and he is a good backup to a point, but I think that if he is in front of either, not all, either Trindle or Dykes next year, then we're in some serious trouble. So, yeah, I think it's time to move on. I think you'll go to Catalans. Uh, this one from James Notley. Now that Colhoun, spelt correctly, thank you. Hazo, big bold Tom. Trindle all look like regular first graders. Who's in our system that can be the next superstar outside of Dykes and Nero? Now, I'll leave your boy. He also mentions Healy and Felix. Now, Healy is going to be a superstar, just not for another year or two. But who's the player we didn't mention? Who is the player we didn't mention? Samuel Stone Street, Terry. 
Yeah, of course. Sam, Sam Stanshaw, he looks like he could be anything. There are, there are some good players. Um, you know, you got Brad Fernley, you got Max Bradbury that have got big wraps on them as well. Henry O'Kane is doing some really good things down in the Jersey flag team. For anyone who who's not catching the Jersey flag team as well, um, make sure you do because they're making a charge to the finals at the moment. Um, we've signed a really good kid from Penrith called Riley Pollard, uh, the Australian schoolboys halfback, and he actually got released. Good on Cronulla for letting everybody know that we've just signed one of the best up-and-coming talents before August 7, but he's been named on an extended bench in Jersey Fleet this this week. If you had to ask me who the next breakout star for Cronulla was going to be um, outside of uh, Sam Stone Street, I don't know. Um, Felix is a good one. He's, he's, he's not a bad shout. Uh, a Tata. It'd be another one. Hey, look, it's very much Kay Dykes for me. I think that if yeah. Trindle wasn't oh, playing... Yeah, outside the obvious yeah, I just want to really hitch my, my wagon to Kay Dykes. I think if Trindle had come up and not been playing well, then I think you'd see Kay Dykes very early next season. He's coming back from ACL, so I do expect him to start next season in Newtown, and, and I think that's the best, especially if Trindle... There's also, through. like, I could honestly see Kay Dykes taking the Moylan role next year if Moylan fucks off. Well, look, let's just hope so. Him in the first grade. I, yeah. I think this kid is just got... The one thing he was lacking was size. Anyone who's seen him lately, he ain't lacking size. This is a kid. He's been on the Bronson Zeri diet. <laughs> <laughs> we need to keep Asada as far fucking away as we can from he him. He certainly has, and this is great. And uh, lastly, this one's from Kelly Tibbetts. Apologies, she did send this a while back, but we'll just trying not to blow up for five minutes so I could bring this up. I want to answer this one, Terry, then I'll throw it to you. Do you think with James Maloney looking to get into coaching, he would be a good replacement for Steve Price? I believe the answer is yes for 18 months because James Maloney can come in, change your culture, be an absolute uh, pest, and everyone finds it endearing until about a year and a half when they want him to fuck off because you've seen it at the Warriors, you've seen it at the Roosters, you've seen it at the Sharks, you've seen it at Penrith, you've seen it at Catalans, and you've seen it in his second-grade team. Where he, where he acted up. Now, I, I'm an unashamed fan of James Maloney, despite all the facts that we, we make fun of losing the trade. He was older and broken down and wanted more money to go play in England. So Moylan was... We won the trade, but I I think he'd be a good character to have around. I don't know if I'd put him in a coaching role, but I think if he were to come back to Australia, I'd be a little bit disappointed if he wasn't involved in the Sharks for two years. Uh, I don't think Maloney will ever come anywhere near us again. From the way that he exited the club, I, I don't think he'd come near us at all. Um, I wouldn't want him to be a direct assistant coach. I'd want him to start off as a halves coach or at least like a trainer. Um, I could see value in him coming in and working with the likes of Riley Pollard, Niue Pudu, uh, Trindle, even Dykes. I mean, use his knowledge and he'd fucking up Nico Hines' game, but... As I said, the way that he left the club, I think Cronulla would be uh, the last of the Sydney clubs that he would look at if he was coming home. I could see him going to Manly because he's a Gosford boy and it's just easy to get to. Completely fair. Not bad. Thanks Thanks for the questions. It was a short short um, notice thing. So, um, yeah, yeah, thank you very much. I, I, I didn't feel like uh, rattling off the questions. So this is going to be the questions at this time of the year around the same thing. Team list selections, you know, recruitment, all these kinds of things. And, um, yeah, so, Dan, let's do a little bit of trivia. I've got five questions for you uh, in the the only Sharks vs. Cowboys related. Mm, only okay. Sharks vs. Cowboys related. Let's, do it. So now, let's I'm test your knowledge. Notoriously shit at trivia. That's why I host. 
That's good. In round one this year, the, oh, sorry, in the first meeting this year, uh, in the Sharks versus Cowboys, the Cronulla Sharks won 44 points to six. Who scored the first try on the night? Um, shit. Kennedy. No. I don't know if Kennedy scored that night. It was CCF Talakai in the second minute. Gotcha. I know we scored Heinz early. Because yep. I Heinz remember nice thinking this is going to be fun. All I remember at halftime was Tonegado and Matty Studden, mate. So, hmm. yep. What is the largest winning margin the Sharks have over the Cowboys? And how many times have they achieved it? It's big because we fogged them a few times when they were really shit. I'm going to say 40 and twice. Very close. It's 38. Twice. I know, I know. So 44-6 and uh, 48 points to 10 at Net Strata Jubilee in a game where Sean Johnson and Chad Townsend just ran absolutely right. Uh, Question number three. In round 25, uh, in 2015, round 22, he played every game that year, but which Shark scored his first try for the club? In 2015. Mm-hmm. He was a big off-season signing. Oh my god, that's really going. Those are the dark times before the premiership. Wasn't what he? He was a. I'll give you a hot tip. He was a premiership winner with us. Yeah, that doesn't help. Um, I know Val played a lot of games, but that wouldn't have been his first try. He would have scored much earlier. Um, ben Barber. No, no. Ben Barber scored early against uh, the Knights. And I believe you got one down in Melbourne as well. Okay. It's actually Gerard Bill. Oh, dear, damn it. Bill was the one. Yeah, never mind. Played when you said big name game, signing. Played, played every game in the centres for He was. He was our biggest name signing. No, no. Bill, Bill, was, Bill was good. Scored. Played in every game. And Jonathan Thurston put a kick in across the field. And Gerard Bill caught it and ran 100 metres. That's right. Uh, to yeah. score his first try. Oh, well, there you go. Question number four. In 2016, we beat the Cowboys 13-10 in, uh, along the way in our winning streak. Mm-hmm. What number in the streak was it? Ah, shit. Okay, Ty, uh, Tigers. Okay, the Warriors was eight. The Titans were last. It's between those. And it was up. Yeah. No, it was at Shark Park. It was at Shark Park. We lost round one to them that year. Yeah. And then we lost round three, and then we didn't lose. I'm going to go, it was about eight. It was about halfway. Lucky number ten. Ah, see, there you go. Fucking hell. All right, this is a three-part question. <laughs> going terribly. Three-part question. Round three, 2019. <laughs> yep. The Sharks win 42 points to 16. Mm-hmm. What was the halftime score? What was the significance of that halftime score? Bear in mind, we won the game 42 points to 16. Yeah. What was the halftime score? Yep. What's the significance of the halftime score? And which player scored his first try for the club in that game? Uh, 16 all. What's the significance? Is it a 2016 thing? I don't know. I remember it was 16 all because I was up. I was up at Mum and Dad's, and I had to listen it to it. 16 all. Was that 2019? It wasn't. Or was that 2020? Where? So I was up. Could have been 2020. Fuck! I was up 
in Port Macquarie and I had to listen to it. And I only heard the second half in a little bit. So I don't know. Um, in terms of first try score... Could have been 16 all at one point. Yeah, look. I'll go 6 all at half time. It was shit. The second, All the points were in the second half. And Toby Rudolph, first try. So Toby Rudolph didn't join the club until... He didn't, he, he didn't play for us until 2020. Yeah. So it wasn't Toby Rudolph's Definitely first thinking of 2020. <laughs> yeah. The first try scored by the player was Blake Braley. Young Blake Braley. He came off the bench. His brother got KO'd in the third minute. Was this a Chuck Park or Netstrata? No, no, no. It was at Townsville. God damn. What are, what's the game where we won early in like round three at Netstrata Jubilee? We played them at Netstrata Jubilee in 2021 and beat them 48-10. That's the one I'm I don't know of. if that was early. Let's go into the history. I just remember. Uh, was... Netstrata Jubilee was round four in okay. 2021. And we played them in round 16 at 2020 at Netstrata Jubilee where we won 28-12. Well, 21 is what I'm thinking of. So I don't know. What was the significance of the halftime score? Okay. So the halftime score was 10-6 to the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. The significance of that score is that is our biggest win, biggest winning margin after a half-time deficit. Magic. Yeah, so 10-6, uh, we won the game 42 points to 16, and the players scored the first try for the club was Blake Braley. I remember that game. Who else scored? See if we can re-jug some memories. <laughs> Let's. Oh, we want to take a trip down memory lane because we can go into some games where there's some utter, utter dross that scored some tries. I would love Let's to. Let's go into this. I genuinely can't this. remember this game. Was it a Monday no, night? No, no, no. It was a uh, Saturday. It was Saturday night. No, I got you. Nothing, nothing stands Saturday. out. Nothing stands out. Um, Let's go into this. We won the game 42 points to 16. Chad Townsend scored the first try for us. Mm-hmm. Jordan McLean scored in the 29th minute. Tamari Martin scored just before halftime. Then the floodgates opened. Britton Nicara scored. Chad Townsend got his second. Wow. Josh Morris scored. So we scored three tries straight after halftime. Josh Dugan made it the fourth try in 15 minutes. Josh Morris scored again to make it uh, one, two, three, four, five tries in 18 minutes. Gavin Cooper scored before Blake Braley crashed over in the 79th minute. I do not remember this game at all. Nothing, nothing. <laughs> Probably because of the Chad tries, I blocked it out. <laughs> uh, there was there were so many other ones in here as well. Like, uh, you know, he, like there, there was a question I was going to ask you, which was just so unfair that you would never get it. But in 2014, uh, the North Queensland Cowboys beat the Sharks 20 points to 19 thanks to a golden point field goal to Jonathan Thurston. Who kicked the field goal for us to send the game into Golden Point in Daniel, 2014? Daniel Holdsworth from like 48 yep. metres. Yeah. It was Daniel Holdsworth. Now, had that been a two-point field goal, we would have won that game. Who scored their first try for the club in that game? Uh, He's fucking shit. Josh Hannay. Pat Politoni. Jeez Louise. Josh Hannay played in 2006. Mate, I don't know. I do remember that field goal, though, because I was covering it for League Unlimited, and I was watching it on the 295 per month NRL app on dial-up internet. Almost. And then there's a, there was another one. In 2015, we were down 18-0 to the Cowboys at halftime, and we went on to win the game 24 points to 18, thanks to tries to Luke Lewis, Sam Takatizi, Andrew Feeder, and who else? Jack Bird. No. 
Ricky Latelli. Oh, well, fucking, he only scored two tries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fuck. Yeah. And the first one was when he, he pushed Sonny Bill Williams off and ran 50 yeah. metres. Um, what is the Cowboys' biggest winning margin against us, Daniel? Um, I don't feel like they've flogged us. I'll take 28. They have. Absolutely, yeah. they've flogged us. Yeah, I'll say, oh, well, I'll say 38 then. I would say 28. Oh, so close. It was 39 yeah. when they beat us 39 nil in the finals. Jeez. Oh, my <laughs> God. That game sucks so much. Yeah, it did. That was one of the worst games oh, I have yuck. ever. Ever, ever seen. Um, oh, God. Uh, who scored the last try in the 2016 prelim for the Cowboys? For the Cowboys? Kyle yeah. Felt? Oh, no. Very close. It was oh. Colin Hess. Ah, oh, fuck. Felt scored twice, didn't he? Uh, Felt did score twice. He scored in the 70th and 76th, yeah. and then Colin Hess scored a really, really late consolation try. Gotcha. Uh, uh, that's about as far oh, as we just... need to go in terms of... Unreal trivia. Oh, in 2017, the Cowboys broke our hearts 15 points to 14. Who scored the first try of that game? In what year? 2020? 2017. Oh, fucking hell. That was, uh, I don't know, someone's shit. Yeah, real shit. Chat Townsend. Chat Townsend, of course. <laughs> Mate, do you, do you <laughs> remember who scored? <laughs> you got What's that? Do you remember who scored the uh, try after our seven tackles? Oh, Bo Ryan. Yeah. Oh, Bo Ryan. Yeah. Fucking, yeah. where was that question, Terry? <laughs> uh, who kicked field goal for the Cowboys in that game to beat us? Morgan. It was. Very good. What's the controversy that comes in that game as well? Uh, I don't Do know, but I remember there was a zoom in on toe when he was blowing up in the crowd. Yeah, so in the 77th minute, the I can't remember who the referee was on the day, called a high shot 10 metres out right in front, and replay showed that we hit him in the nipple. Yeah, that's it. I, remember, I just remember the yeah. ball up, and I remember yeah. throwing and my phone. They, yeah. they kick, kick the kick the, field, uh, kick the penalty goal, and uh, um, yeah, we went into golden point. We would have played uh, a grand final field. if we'd won that game. Yeah, we would have won the grand final that year yeah. as well. I, I guarantee we would have gone back-to-back over Melbourne. Uh, that's it for the night, man. That was fun. It was fun. I'm terrible at yeah. trivia. I don't even bother asking you because you got a photographic memory, so it's just not fun. Give me, give me your prediction for this game. Uh, I think Cronulla win. I think it is a boring game, to be totally honest. I think we snatch it late. I think I said 28. No, you said 28-16. I'll go 20 to 10. I said yeah. I said 26-16. You said 18-10. Cool. That 18-10. I think See, we're just a little memory. bit better. See, fucking memory a sucks. Little bit better. And on that note, how about Moylan? How about Moylan? Boo the lionesses. <laughs>